Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. So we're actually starting a uh, new series today uh, called Grateful Hearts. There's a graphic. I made that graphic, and for like 20 minutes, I was like, Jesse, are you sure grateful is spelled that way? Because anyone ever like type something out like in a report or like on something they're doing, they're going, that cannot be spelled right. I had the hardest time with grateful for some reason. It was like bugging me out. Uh, but we're doing this short, it's just a three-week series leading up to Thanksgiving about things Christians should be known by, like gratitude and Thanksgiving. And today, uh, when we were working through this in the office, figuring out what to preach, uh, Jesse said, you'll be preaching the first week. I said, well, can I do joy? I really like the subject joy. And it's not because I'm an expert on joy. It's actually because I need joy. I recognize it's something that lacks in my life daily. So I was like, why not just preach it to myself today as I preach it to you guys? So I hope you're excited for that today. So everyone's like, oh, joy? And everyone's depressed. It's joy today, guys. Come on. <laughs> Laugh a little. It's going to be fun. Uh, but I want to make a statement today before I start, and I hope you guys agree with this. Christians should be the most joyful people on planet Earth. Okay, I'm glad you guys all agree. So the question to ourselves is, are we? Or am I? Like, are we the most joyful people? Uh, so I actually brought some pictures today with me of some things I, I want to show you that bring me joy in my life. Uh, the first one... Uh, it's fast approaching. Christmas time. Who's excited for Christmas? Yeah. Who's played Christmas music in their house already? Yeah. Who's watched Hallmark movies? Yeah. But I, I love Christmas. Uh, it all, I mean, they call it the season of joy for, for that reason. It always brings me joy, the lights, the decorations, the music, except for the hippopotamus song. I don't want, that brings me no joy. Uh, but I love it. And then next up is, uh, those are, anyone know what those are? <laughs> Nina's Wing Bites. If anyone follows me on Facebook, you'll see every Wednesday and Saturday, I'm always posting their stuff to win free Wing Bites. They have a contest where if you guess the Powerball number that night, the next day, they'll give you a pound of Wing Bites. That brings me great joy, because <laughs> that, their Wing Bites are so good, and I've won it five times. I'm on, like, a losing streak right now, but I pride myself and I take joy when I wake up. I'm like, oh, they picked my number. Yes. And I get to get a pound of garlic Parmesan wings. And I want to I wanna say something. They're better than real wings. I know that's probably a heresy in this area, but I enjoy that better than a sloppy wing on my fingers. But uh, that's one. It's sad that I get, like, great joy out of food, but I do. Uh, next up, next up, that is a latte. I love a good latte. And I want to make a statement here. Last time I got in trouble for calling the Chick-fil-A in this area fake. Uh, they don't say my pleasure. They don't offer all their services, so they're fake Chick-fil-A. Uh, this time I want to say something probably as controversial. This is not a latte from Starbucks. If you have never had a real latte, if the Starbucks is the only latte you've ever tasted in your life, walk down the street to Zumo's. Go to Electric City Roasting's Cafe in Peckville. Go to Adezzo or Northern Lights. You are missing out on a joy of mine, a good, great 
latte. I love sitting down, sipping on it. Every time I do, I'm like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> it's, just, it's just from the nice milk and the espresso combined. But I get joy out of that latte. And then, thankfully, it's not all about food. So next up is my family. Look at that. But my family brings me great joy, spending time with them. Uh, we have a lot of laughs. Uh, last week, my wife and Emma were out of uh, the state visiting their family, and I was like, what do I do with myself? I, I, didn't wanna, I sat at home for like two minutes and said, this is so boring and not fun and depressing. So I like filled my week with going places. Me and Andy ate way too much bad food that week because I was like, I need food to fill my joy because my family is not here. And so we had pizza, zap packs from Little Caesar. It was a great time. And then last up, I'm just showing that because it's a good picture of Emma. Look how cute she is, but Emma brings me great joy. I, I actually gave her the middle name of Joy on purpose because uh, I wanted to be reminded of how much joy she is to me. But I want to go through all this, and I'm sure some people, list probably looks way different than that. They probably don't have food on there. I know, Martin, you probably have running on your list of stuff that brings you joy. Nothing sounds less joyful than a five-mile run. Uh, but I'm sure you guys' lists are all different. Uh, so uh, if you don't mind, just take a minute and just mentally make a list really quick in your head of the things that bring you joy. I lied. It was 30 seconds. So everyone have a semi-list up. So as I prepared for this message and, like, thought about joy, I realized I was not experiencing the joy that the Bible wanted me to experience. And how do I know that? Well, if you guys want to turn with me to James 1. And so as I prepared for this, I started reading these types of verses, and I was like, do I experience joy like the Bible wants to experience joy? So um, we just got out of James 2 sermon series ago, so you might recall this, but James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So on that list you just made, was suffering and trials on that list? No. So do we have true joy? I don't think so. At least I don't. I can't. And there's other verses in the Bible. So go to the next one, Andy. We got, this is Jesus. Blessed are you, are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you got trials, you got persecution, and then in First Peter, we have, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you also may be, rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So when I started preparing for this, I started thinking, well, I don't like suffering. I don't find joy in suffering right now. In fact, I, I, I hate it. Uh, I don't think anyone can say we find great joy in suffering but it's in the Bible. Jesus is saying rejoice when people persecute you. I don't rejoice. I like run. I, I talk bad about them behind my back. Like I do every, I fight. But do I rejoice that I'm getting persecuted? And that's not even like the persecuted they're talking about then. This is just someone talking bad about me behind my back. Like that's what I consider persecution. Back then that actually meant death. Like they were being persecuted. Do I find joy and re- would rejoice in that? So where do we get our, our joy from? And there's other things too. So we got joy and suffering. And then there's this verse in Philippians. It's four, Philippians 4.4. 4. You don't have to turn there. It'll be up here. I like reading from the screen because it reminds me of where I'm going. So Philippians 4.4. 4, and this is when he's closing 
out. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So when are we supposed to rejoice? So there's no asterisk at the end of that rejoice or at the end of always. It says, well, rejoice when your day is going good. Or rejoice only if there's no tragedy in your life. Or rejoice only if you're like doing well at work. Or rejoice only if you've had this, this, and this happen in your day. It's rejoice always. Your circumstance does not dictate your joy, according to the Bible. And that's scary to me because so many times I let it dictate my joy. I let that bad day rob me of my joy, and it's not supposed to. This is a command. Our joy cannot be changed based on having a bad day. Rejoice in the Lord always. So I have a good example of this, and I love when a story happens in the middle of my week that I can add to the sermon, except when it's this story. But uh, I was, on Friday, I was driving home from the church. I was working on this sermon, and I had to stop at the vets down the street to get cat food. And then I was driving to Giant to pick up something for my wife. I leave Giant, and I, I have a pretty, I have a 1995 Nissan Sentra. That's what I drive currently. Uh, it has like 200,000 miles on it, but... I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I've been ignoring the warning signs. My battery light and brake light have been coming on randomly at the same time. I'm like, that's odd. Uh, But then it just turns off for a week. And even the other day, I told my wife, this hasn't happened in a while. My car is good. But, so I'm driving home. I go to Giant. It's pouring rain. So I turn my car on a Giant. It starts. And all of a sudden, I'm driving, and the windshield wipers slowed like this. And I was like, okay, let me just try the speed. And then it's like, like trying to do it faster and I was like well that's no good then I look at my interior lights and they're like strobing at me I was like okay and so first I usually cast out the demon in the car because you never know I'm like look I rebuke you stupid car and then I just prayed that I got home and so I turned off everything electronic in my car I was like you know I'm gonna make it home I don't want to break down in Scranton like side of the road in the rain and luckily I pulled up in front of my house and I turned my car off And then I was like, well, better try turning it back on again, and it's dead. And in that moment, I could have chose, which I usually do, panic, fear, like anger, because now's not the time for a car to break down. We have another kid on the way. Like, who wants to get a car fixed? Like, that type of thing. But luckily for me, I was preaching this message on joy, and I, like, studied up. I'm like, I can't be. I can't choose this right now. I have to choose joy. So because of this sermon solely (laughs) is the reason I was like, I'm just going to be happy. I walked inside, hey, Chris, the car's broken down, and then we're going to figure it out. So your circumstance, I'm sure many people probably have worse circumstances than that, right? I mean, that's, a, that's not that bad of a thing. A car can be fixed. But we've got to remember who wrote this command here. Does anyone know who wrote Philippians? Paul. Where was Paul when he wrote Philippians? In prison. It's one of the epistles he wrote in prison. Paul blows my mind. We just got through our Colossians home group series at, uh, for home group. And, like, there's times where you're like, really, Paul? You want us to do what in what circumstance? And he's sitting in prison. And you have to remember Paul's journey. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten, put in prison multiple times. And the thing that boggles my mind about Paul is one of the first stories we see of Paul in prison. He starts praising the Lord, and the, and the prison opens up, and he walks out. But now he's in prison writing a letter and the doors aren't opening up. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How? How does he do that? Where does he get that from? It's just crazy. Paul 
is a hero of mine because I can't do what he did, but I love uh, his example to us in the Bible of just a constant, like, anchored in Christ person who found joy and even says at the end of Colossians, he's like, pray for me. And so right then, if I were writing a letter in prison and I said, hey guys, pray for me, what would you usually write? That I get out of prison, right? I wouldn't, wouldn't that be, the, he says, pray for me that the gospel advances. What? Like seriously, pray for me that the gospel, you're sitting in, in jail, Paul. I would be like, pray for me that the doors explode and I walk out. And he said, no, pray for me that the gospel advances no matter the situation I'm in. That's joy. That's being able to be joyful in any situation. So where do we get this joy? Uh, where do we get it from? The original plan for joy in the Garden of Eden, where was our original source? Was Christ, was God. There was no other source for joy. He wanted us to have everything we need in him. Adam sinned, and ever since that day, we've been searching for our joy in everything else but him. So the original plan, we have to understand, the original plan was for us to be satisfied by Jesus. Everything we need in him. Everything. Whether that be joy, peace, everything. Love is found in him. That was the original plan, but we sinned. And ever since then, we've been searching. And we've been finding our joy in other things. And this is why I make the statement, Christians should be the most happy people on the earth, or joyful people. The gospel message isn't that the most, it's called the good news. And we sit down, and we're like, this is okay news. <laughs> I'd rather win the bite ball than get a pound of wing bites. The gospel is good news. We are once separated, alienated, far off from Christ because of our own actions. He stepped into time, offered forgiveness for our sins, and said, you're now part of the family. That deserves more than a mmm today. I, I watch tons of sermons online, and I always get jealous. There's some people that, like, walk around. and They're like, okay, let's take a 10-minute praise break. And people are like, yeah. And, like, I was like, our church, we're like, let's take, can someone just please say amen? <laughs> but I encourage you, let the gospel message sink in right now. You were far off, alienated, separated, no chance of connection with God. You're now part of his family. Come on, if that doesn't deserve a clap, if that doesn't deserve joy, I don't know what will get you excited this morning. And if you're not saved here today, that's how good it is. Nothing you could do can earn you that. Here and do that with forgiveness on the cross and his sacrifice. That is our one source of where we get our joy from, right? Okay, you guys still don't look as excited as I'm feeling today, but that is one source. Our next thing is, because of the act on the cross, we are now found in him. So let's turn uh, to John 15, 11. And so this is right after Jesus has gone through the thing, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then he says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So why is our joy full? Because our foundation is in him. He's the vine, we are the branches. Nothing else matters. Our joy is full because we can realize what he did on the cross has now connected us to him and everything we need is in him. Everything. 
And so it's like the great theological hymn says, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. Who sung that as a kid? We all, I mean, but how true is that? Our joy isn't far off. Our joy isn't up in the heavens, like looking at us, waiting for us. Our joy is Jesus, and he's down in our heart to stay, to stay. So our source of joy is in him. That's the foundation. If there's other things on your building block of joy, like lattes and pumpkin spice and everything else, if your foundation of that isn't joy in Jesus, we're going to be very joyless people when those things fade away. When those things are gone, we're going to be really joyless people. Our joy is in the eternal, not the temporal. We cannot place our joy in temporal things. Why? What if something happens to your family and all your reason of joy was in your family? What if Martin can no longer run, no longer is physically able to run, and that was where his main source of joy came from? We cannot put our joy in things that can fail. We have to put our joy in the one who never fails and who's our source forever. And I love this. Jesus actually gives us how to do this, and it's great. So in Hebrews 12, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm going through a lot of Bible verses today on joy. Uh, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus gives us how. And simple, we set our eyes on, on him now. The joy set before him to endure that cross, you know who that was? Who that included? You guys. You sit in this pew. He saw you as he was going towards the cross and said, they're worth it to me. They're my joy. And also the joy of being in heaven with his father was a joy for him. So now Jesus didn't look at his situation. He didn't look at how painful crucifixion was going to be. He didn't look at how hurt he would be being mocked and scorned. He said, you know what? These temporal things don't matter. What's worth it is what I see as the reward that's in heaven, the joy that's waiting for me. So now, I love it. It's Jesus, so we should do what he did, correct? <laughs> we follow his lead, and we say, you know what? Our joy is before us. It's in the eternal. It's not in the things of this world. We place our joy in the hope of one day where there will be great joy. There'll be no more tears, no more pain. We put our hope in that, knowing that this life is just a vapor, it's, it's going to fade away. Running will fade away. Wing bites will fade away. Lattes will fade away. But Jesus won't fade away. And so we set our hope and our joy, and when that's where we get our joy from, is him. So the question today is, why wouldn't we? And I love in uh, Psalms 1511, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I have it bookmarked at all times uh, just to remind myself. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't think I experience fullness of joy from a good latte. 
I don't think I experience pleasure forevermore from wing bites. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. There isn't lack of joy or a little bit of joy. There's fullness of joy and pleasures, not just ending, pleasures forevermore. So why not choose that over wing bites? Why not choose that over something? I, I can liken it to this. Uh, when I first moved to Scranton, I had no car, so I had to find a job. So I walked across Mulberry Street, across Harrison Avenue, up Music Street, across Meadow Avenue, and walked into the Dollar Tree. I was like, hey, you guys hiring? And they're like, yes. So my first job here was at the Dollar Tree. Uh, you know what boggled my mind at the Dollar Tree? One that everyone asked, it was, is this a dollar? Is this a dollar? That really frustrated me. <laughs> if you walk in the Dollar Tree, everything's a dollar or less. That's a Dollar Tree. It's not a family dollar where everything's different. Dollar Tree. Constant barrage of, is this a dollar? Is this a dollar? Is this a dollar? Yes. Uh, but what really boggled me, and this is what I kind of liken to choosing something over Christ. You can walk in the dollar. I was just there yesterday trying to find a bag of marbles for one of the gifts back there. You know, no one sells marbles anymore. I looked, and even in the craft section, my Dollar Tree went, I was at my Dollar Tree that I used to work at, and I was like, what happened? There's trash everywhere. They just, they just lost all respect to the Dollar Tree. But I even checked. Yesterday, I walked back to the food section. There's a food section in Dollar Tree. I opened the fridge section, looked down. You can buy a T-bone steak at the Dollar Tree. It's a dollar. <laughs> Who in their right mind? I used to, like, get them and be like, I wanted to throw it away. I wanted to scan it and just toss it in the trash behind me. Who in their right mind would buy it? Unless you're very, like, needy and, like, need that. I get it. But who in their right mind would literally go buy a Dollar Tree steak? That's the last thing I want to buy at the Dollar Tree. And that's what I liken this to. We have Jesus, pleasures forevermore, fullness of joy. We have a Dollar Tree steak. He is worth everything. We cannot choose joy in the temporal because it's not gonna, there's not fullness of joy in anything except him and in his presence and pleasures forevermore. Matt Chandler said this once, and I loved it. We're always complaining about being thirsty when there's a fountain of living water spraying out water at us, and we just fail to recognize it. He's there with everything we need, and we're like, let's chase after this. Our foundation of joy has to be in Christ has to be, or else we're going to sit down and eat a Dollar Tree steak. I almost wanted to buy one yesterday just to see what it tasted like, because I'm afraid, but who knows. So why then? Why is it important to have this joy? Joy in all circumstances, and joy in suffering, and joy always, rejoicing always, glorifies God. You know, when I drink a latte, and if there's an unbeliever there, and I get, like, they see me getting joy out of a latte, who does that glorify? The barista. And then, it, like, you can keep going down the line. It takes a while to get to God. It glorifies the barista, then who they got the bean from, then the farmer who planted that bean, then the type of bean, then the coffee cherry. You know coffee's a cherry? That bean's the inside. It's a pit. Uh, and then finally, when you work your way down, you can go, okay, God gave us that plant. But if I say this latte gives me great joy to an unbeliever, they're going, must be a really great barista at that coffee shop. Joy and suffering. When people see you suffer and you still maintain joy, I'm not saying you have to like go around with like fake smile on your face. I say in that suffering, ask Jesus 
in his presence to give you fullness of joy. But joy and suffering only glorifies God. They can't, anyone have that person that's always joyful and they're going through like the worst situation? Anyone know a person like that? And you're like, how do they do this? It can't be anything. If I went through all of that, I would be the least joyful person. And they usually always say, unless they're, I don't know, I've never met someone who hasn't said this, but it's God that gives them that joy. Because they're secure in who he's called them to be. They're secure in their place in eternity. And, and they know that Jesus is their ultimate joy. So we need to start rejoicing in all circumstances because it shares the gospel. People see God in joy. And then also, joy is attractional. You ever met like a salesman trying to sell something and he's like depressed? It doesn't work that way, right? I would never buy something from a guy who's like, who's depressed trying to sell me something that will make me better. As Christians, we can't walk around depressed saying God's good. Because what message that, does that portray to an unbeliever? I don't want to be that. I find my joy in other things. I'm fine right now. Why would I want to be a Christian when they look like they're the most depressed people on the planet? And so joy is attractional. We need to find joy in him, one, because it helps us share the gospel. So to recap so far, our joy, my joy, isn't what the Bible says my joy should be. Unless someone here is good, it's probably not. Our joy has to be in Christ, in his presence. We have to be people of his presence to get that fullness of joy. We have to turn to him in our needs and in our time because he has everything for us. And if we turn to other things, eventually they will fade away and we'll still be left joyless. Why? Because joy is attractional. Joy carries the gospel. Joy and suffering shows the goodness of God because people can look at you and they can say, they must, be do, like they must know something that I don't know because they're still joyful through all this pain. They're still joyful. And the last thing is uh, there's a verse in Isaiah that I really like. Uh, it's Isaiah 55, 12, and I've read it here a few times, but I want to read it again uh, today as the worship team is ready. Do the fast song, right? You guys are going to do the fast, really fast song? Yeah. I picked, I, told, I don't know. I want to be joyful today. We can't, and Andy, can you, can you pull that lyric up for like the third, the giving and forgiving, that lyric up? I, I noticed this in worship, and I really like this line. I put a lot into Andy's hands today. Uh, the first one, joyful. I think it's like the third verse, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You're giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Fountain of the joy of living, ocean depths of happy rest. I don't know about you, but I want the fountain of joyful living, and I want to sink in the oceans of happy rest. It's depths. It doesn't end. That sounds awesome to me. And so in Isaiah 55, I would fail here today if I didn't like put a missional aspect on this for our joy. Is, and this is uh, verse 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. What are we supposed to go out in today? Joy. Why? Mountains will start breaking forth. People see our joy and things start happening. If we go out of here in joy knowing who we are in Christ, knowing who Christ is for us, our 
our everything. We go out here and joy. Things happen. We can carry the presence where there's fullness of joy out into the streets of Scranton and revival will happen. No one wants to come to a revival where everyone's depressed, correct? It's a revival. I've never been to a revival meeting where it's just stoic and, and dry and boring. It's always exciting and joyful. Our joy and us being joyful does something. I, <laughs> instead of the thorns shall come up the cypress. Instead of Scranton being known as the depressed area, Scranton will be known as the most joyful area. I'm declaring that today because of our joy and the joy he gives us to walk out of here. Our joy does something. So I encourage you guys today, uh, you guys can stand up. We need to start joyfully serving this area. We need to start joyfully suffering, and we need to start joyfully sharing the gospel. Our joy and your joy will do something. And today, if you don't know the Lord, today is the day. Like, everything you need, if you've been searching for a long time and you keep feeling empty, cry out to Jesus today and say, God, I need you for my internal joy. And as we go into this fast song, uh, we had some dancing this morning. I don't, I don't mind. We don't mind as a church if some people move around here. You're not limited to these pews. Start showing joy today. And if joy for you is just smiling and singing as loud as you can, good. But if joy for you is moving, I wish I could move. I'm white, man. I cannot dance a lick. I hate it. Because, like, all those kids are doing that weird thing these days. And I'm like, how do they do that backwards? And I'm mad. I, but my joy is worshiping loudly. My joy, I can jump. White men can jump because I can dunk. But show some joy today. Carry, and then carry that joy out of this place into your neighborhoods, into your schools, into your workplace. And say, you know what, God? I'm going to show everyone who you are. You're good. We were separated. We were lost. We were far apart. You came and said, in my presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. We cannot walk around acting like that statement's not true anymore. We can't. We have to be joyful people. So let me pray, and then we'll go into this song. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful today just for who you are, God. And we're thankful that everything we need is found in you. Fountains, never-ending fountains of what we need are found in you, God. We turn to you for our, for our joy today, God. We're no longer placing our joy in other things, God. We, we want you to be the foundation of our joy. God, we, we want to walk out of here today declaring the good news of your gospel. That our works can't save us, but you can save us, and now we have access to everything we need, God. We give you all glory today, God. God, thank you for what you did on the cross, God. Because of that, we can be the most joyful people on the earth, Lord. Let's worship.